It's the SportsZilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, ESPN Utica Rome, now on 96.5 FM. Schaub now has had an interception return for a touchdown in each of the last three games. A four-man rush. And then Schaub has this one picked up for a touchdown. I'll tell you, he looks better. He looks sharp out here. That's on cue. Patrick Chung. Nobody can do it like I can. The SportsZilla Show starts now. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Scoop. What's good? Sabbath, man. You can crank that up for just a second there. Can we bang our heads? That's a nice way to come into the SportsZilla Show. All right. Ozzy lost his mind. But we're going to talk about sports. No, Ozzy's all right, man. He was on the Grammys with Sharon the other day. I don't know if you saw that. Even though 18 to 49 in that demographic, it's at the lowest ratings ever. Still was a thing. So he was there. He's doing good. And he's got new music out. And we're playing it on the Brother Station on K-Rock. Ozzy Osbourne is still, still crushing it. Can still sing. I tell you what, it's dealing with Parkinson's now. But, man, national treasure, in my humble opinion, Scoop. International treasure and Post Malone yeah, says, "Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. That it doesn't matter about the Parkinson's. Ozzy's going to keep kicking ass and taking names, without a doubt." Said he couldn't even tell that he was sick when he they've hung out together. John Osborne. So uh, I got to bring uh, for those that listen to me for years on K Rock full time. I'm still doing seven to midnight over there, slinging some tunes. I'll be doing that tonight for a while at the very least. I did the Radio Daddy segment. And I wanted to talk about that because this girl dad hashtag has been going around on social media. It was Diana Rossini who was on the Levitard show a little bit earlier right here on ESPN Utica Rome. And it got me thinking about it. And it's all spawned because Elt Duncan on ESPN on SportsCenter had told a story about that. Basically, you might have seen it on Twitter or other places by now. It's getting a lot of traction. So a lot of people are putting stuff out there that dads with daughters going, I'm a girl dad. I'm a girl dad times four. Scoop, you're a girl dad times one. Any dad with daughters, you know, I mean, there's a father-son bond. There's a mother-daughter bond. There's a mother-son bond. But that father-daughter bond is something special. And it's just, it's it's moving. And it, it's a really, it's a nice positive aspect of a horrific, horrible, awful, unthinkable, unimaginable, inconceivable tragedy with Kobe, his daughter, and those seven others that perished in the helicopter crash. See, I had saw how it had sort of grown out of the Kobe Gianna thing, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really understand its origins. I just saw it happening, and it's a thing now on Twitter. People are using it. Uh, I've seen uh, any number of father daughter pictures now on Twitter and, and Facebook. Yeah, if you get a second, if you have a Twitter account, hashtag Girl Dad, check it. it. It's it's really it's just phenomenal. It's a phenomenal thing to see. And it hits close to home if you're a dad and you've got a daughter or daughters, as I do. But it brings me to the Radio Daddy segment. And it was funny because, you know, the glue guy, Matt, the boss is in studio and Scoop. You've been to the Rain Casa before. And I call my kids the Raindrops. And my youngest child, my fifth, is my only boy. He's four years old. And I had taken my oldest daughter, who hangs with the dude quite a bit, I, I had to take her to uh, I had to take her to get some blood drawn today and then of course we get back in the car as I'm rushing to trying to get here she tells me that she's got to go to the post office because she needs stamps so we go there we get the stamps she gets back in the car and I shared this story with you earlier but I wanted to share it to our Utica audience of Sportzilla and I said to her on the way back to the house a few blocks up the road I said 
You need to take the book of stamps and you need to hide the book of stamps somewhere your brother will never find them because you know what four-year-old boys do. They get into everything. It's the id. It's whatever they can see, touch, taste, and smell in that exact moment, and they move. They're in the present. There is no thought process and consequences or anything like that. And I said, because if you don't do that, he's going to find the stamps and he's going to mail things to every member of the family. Somebody's going to get a, a stuffed animal. Somebody's going to get a juice box. He's probably going to mail one of the dogs to our second oldest daughter who has her own apartment. He might have sent something to your house. You know, you're you're his buddy. You've been over to the house. You know how he is. Probably mail me one of his toy cars. He's threatened to arrest you. He believes he is a police officer. He's written tickets out before. This is just the way my life runs. And so, of course, I get ready. I drop her off, run back in the house real quick to get the last of my stuff to come to the radio station today. And she had left the stamps on this this counter that has a, a, a fish tank when you first walk inside of the door. And I'm like, it's going to happen. He's going to get a hold of the stamps. But then she didn't listen to you. On top of that, though, he, Mrs. Rain is such a sucker for my son that if he ends up finding them for some reason and this actually comes to fruition, I said, you'll take them back to the post office and you would buy him another book of stamps just so he can pretend to mail other random things around the house. Like, this has been an ongoing story via, like, group texts and things like that over the course of the afternoon. That's actually, there's additional added info to this story since we first talked about it a couple hours ago. Well, you know, the forever stamps now, this is an opportunity to educate him about the value of different stamps now because some of them aren't all forever stamps. So they're trying to have a little bit of fun. We're trying to, we had Leon Etienne on our, on the ESPN Utica Room Facebook page doing a little Facebook Live. And did that yesterday? Yeah, we're trying to, we had uh, Nick Ailes in studio holding the camera and we're trying to set it up on a tripod right now. And it's actually kind of fun. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you could see the really cool neon glow lights around the roof of our beautiful studios in the landmark building. Uh, the glue guy is trying to mess with that right now. Just, just move it around the room. That's all right. We're gonna, you know, what? we're gonna have Tiff hold it for a few minutes. She's gonna join us. Actually, she's got a very cool Kobe backpack story that we want to get to. But it is the sports. It'll show ESPN Radio Utica Rome now at ninety six point five FM. Don't forget the AMs at thirteen ten and thirteen fifty. The brand spanking new ESPN UR app. It's been updated wherever you get your apps. Download it. Go to your store. You can stream on the website at ESPNUR.com. Amazon Alexa is an option as well. Open ESPN Utica Rome after you enable the skill on your device. And if you podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Spotify, and SoundCloud, those are all places you'll be, you'll be able to get it and re-listen if you need to. I also wanted to give a shameless plug for the Nye Automotive High School Game of the Week presented by Pathfinder Bank in the U.S. Army. That is, oh, uh, wait, 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 we didn't put the game down. Do you have that for it's me? It's Tully and Ariskany. Tully and Ariskany, what time? That is 7 o'clock, 6.45 pregame. And that's five. Uh, that's uh, Friday with Seth Goldberg this that's week? That's correct. On the call on play-by-play. So there you go. Trent Call show is on Mondays on ESPN Utica Rome from 6 to 7. Comets Insider re-airs on Tuesdays from 6 to 7. And Comets Insider podcast is out and available. Same places apply where we get your podcasts. All right, Scoop. Whew, let's take a breath. It's a nice introduction to today's program. A TV person I am not, by the way. Uh, is she working it? Okay. Yeah, she's got it. ESPN Utica Rome, you can see what we look like while we're giving you live radio, talking some sports, things like that. We have Jack Perrin who will join us. If you were a regular listener for the past five years of the weekend only Sunday version of the Sports Illust Show, Jack is our NBA guy. He does talk some NFL with us. Just a go to. He's done. 
he's done commentary, some TV stuff with the Toronto Raptors, for example, before. But if you love basketball in the NBA, well, he's going to come on and join us. Uh, I think it's the second time he has joined us since. No, it was our Syracuse version is the only time he's done it. Correct. Since we've been in the afternoon. So it's our, it's our debut performance or appearance of him. He's going to be with us at about 5.30. And we used to always have him on during the Super, you know, before the Super Bowl on Sundays. So this is like a yearly tradition that we have him on. Yeah, this has been a tradition for a number of years now to have Jack Perrin on. So we'll be happy to talk to him shortly. Other news of note, Brianna Stewart, North Syracuse. Speaking of girl dad. Speaking of girl dad. Uh, tell everybody she dedicated her first game back to, and I'm going to let Scoop finish the information. Well, she dedicated her first game back to Kobe. For those of you who don't know the story, Brianna Stewart, Cicero, North Syracuse, uh, injures her Achilles, and Kobe Bryant reaches out to her, having gone through that himself, reaches out to her, uh, mentors her. She winds up using the same doctor that did the procedure on Kobe. They forge a relationship. They start talking. You know, They compare notes about recovery and what have you. Well, obviously... She's devastated in the wake of the passing of Kobe and Gianna and everyone else on that helicopter. So the U.S. women's national team is playing UConn Monday night. Beat them 79-64. You know, number four UConn. Perennial powerhouse, which is where Gigi, Gianna, uh, wanted to go and be a college basketball player. So Brianna Stewart... Uh, has uh, the shoes done up with Kobe's name, Gigi's name, and all the names of everybody that was on that helicopter. Those names are on Brianna's shoes. UConn has done their own little sort of memorial to Gianna, knowing that Gianna wanted to be a, a UConn player. So they got a jersey with her name. They got flowers. They got a little chair there, a little spot to memorialize Gianna. They did a... Uh, 24-second shot clock thing where they, they did a 24-second moment of silence. Uh, they did the eight-second backcourt violation and the 24-second shot clock, clock uh, expiration, which you've seen other teams do. So all that was done Monday night in the win by the U.S. national team, women's national team over UConn, 79-64. to Nice little touch to salute Kobe. Uh, very important to Brianna in her recovery from this injury. And they also put out a jersey for uh, Gianna. Yes. It's a fantastic tribute. The Clinton girls hockey team is advancing to the Section 3 final. Uh, they did that with the shutout win. They play tomorrow. Uh, Nicole Ruddy will be joining us, Matt, on Friday. Correct. And I'm excited about that. So, Coach. Coach Nicole Ruddy. That's right. She'll be joining us on Friday right here on ESPN. Utica Roman, the Sportszilla Show. So that's a positive. A They're playing of, uh, Skinny Atlas yes. in Cicero tomorrow. So good luck to them. Uh, let's see. Utica College men's hockey. I just wanted to throw out a couple scores. We're keeping on t- on top of that. We'll have the brain Gary Heenan back in soon enough. They had a 5-3 win over Manhattanville. And then, of course, they beat Newman 5-2. to So that was... Uh, and they retained their number five spot in that national poll. So Yep, they beat Newman on the 25th. And, of course, they beat uh, Manhattanville on the 26th. And yesterday, uh, men's basketball won over Hartwick. Yep. I'm actually going to season co- sweep of those guys now, 77 65. You got it. You jumped on the shameless plug for coffee for three. Sean Coffee, Utica College men's basketball coach, will be in for his usual spot with us 
That's tomorrow, right about 5.30. So they beat Ho- they beat Houghton. Then, and, then, and Alfred. Uh, well, hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. All right. They beat Houghton. <laughs> then they went on, after losing two games in a row, then they beat uh, Alfred and they beat Hartwick. So back on a winning streak after two. Just was weird to see them lose two in a row after the success they had in the early going of the season. And the Hockey Pioneers back in action Friday in Rochester against Nazareth. Utica Comets, they're back in action after the All-Star break on Friday and then again Saturday afternoon. Scoop and I will co-host pregame for both of those, obviously, a half an hour before opening face-off. That happens over on the Brother Station on K-Rock. It feels weird not having one tonight. It it is weird. It's normally, you got a game day on a Wednesday, but with the guys getting a chance to take a break. And, I mean, Brogan's doing some extra traveling, heading all the way out to to the West Coast with some flights and things like that. But Reed Boucher gets to do some extra healing, and those other guys do as well, which, hey, I'll take the extra days for that. Last night, there was a Syracuse game, a tough loss against Clemson. Let's wrap up our opening segment with some Cuse basketball. That's because there was no jacket thrown. To keep it regional, yeah. No jacket throw last night. I wanted to give everybody the official Noons Magician Jim Beheim jacket toss tracker. Syracuse record in jacket toss games going back to the 27-18 season is 15-3. They've won seven straight Dating back to last season, they have a 9-2 record in ACC jacket toss games since the 2017-2018 season. And their road record in jacket toss games over the last two seasons is 3-0 all ACC games. So that's pretty interesting. It was tough loss, 71-70. to uh, Scoop, we were talking about the game a little bit earlier. I want to throw a few of the, uh, throw a few of the highlights or the keys to the game out to everybody and let you read and react. As you know, that that late review... And it ended up changing 0.9 seconds uh, to 1.4 seconds, or at least affected how much time Eli Hughes had to put up the shot that ended up not going down, so they didn't win. Elijah and Buddy had 22. Ger- uh, Joe Girard struggled in the first half, but he came alive in the second half. You kind of knew he would. He can't keep a good man down. 14 of 15 from the free throw line. Tevin Mack had 32 for Clemson. He was on fire. He just... Uh, they- He's the key, the key component to their win last night. And you know what I'm going to say next. When Sidibe and Dolajai both foul out, and then Jim Beheim turns around and says, the middle position is where the game was decided. We think our, our center can guard the guy in the high post, and he didn't. And there you go. You lose those two guys. Well, then Tevin Mack runs wild with 32 points. Quincy Gary and Jesse Edwards, they were basically the guys coming in tasked with covering him after that. They couldn't get it done. I just don't know if... The overall size was there. Four assists versus Clemson. Beheim had cited a lot of ISO play calls, but then again, you look at Clemson, they had 17 assists and 26 attempts. That's a marked difference right there. Yeah, when you don't have Merrick Dolzhai, who scores, who rebounds, who blocks shots, who gets steals. He's been such a key guy in this five-game win streak, and he fouls out, and Barama fouls out. You know, he's I, even getting better at his foul shots. He, his, yeah, his percentage has gone up about fifteen percent this year as compared to previously. A tough loss, but you know, I think we will feel okay with that if they win Saturday against Duke. We'll we'll feel fine about it when it's all said and done at the end of the season. If you pay attention to the the Q one, two, three, and four, the, the basically the strength of schedule or the quality of wins in determining how you get into the tournament, it should settle as a Q two loss. And you hey. you said it earlier, beat Duke Saturday, 
And I, I don't think anybody worries about the Clemson loss. And Clemson has a win against Duke. So, you know, there you go. Add to your strength of schedule there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's all going to factor in when it's all said and done. 31,000-plus tickets sold for Duke on Saturday. The record was last season against Duke at 35,642 Take our first break of the Sportzilla Show at ESPN Radio Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. However, just like yesterday, I'm going to give you a chance to win some CNY Sportsman Show tickets. We have three pair. We'll start with caller number five at 315-768-1310. 315-768-1310. Call 315-768-1310 now. It's the Sportzilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, and 96.5 FM ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. And the broadcast always becomes a podcast. Shortly after we leave the air, you can find it Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. And, of course, you can always go to twitch.tv slash Talk and see our Syracuse shows. See our Syracuse shows again at twitch.tv slash Q sports talk. If you're watching earlier or happen to listen, or you're going to check the podcast out, put together a little bit of a montage as far as super bald Sunday, the big game, super bowl Sunday with the chiefs and the 49ers on Sunday. And I used what I thought was DJ Khaled music, right? But it turns out the millennial, the boss, the glue guy corrected me. And who was it actually? T-Pain. It's T-Pain. Oh, it was T-Pain. And there was just a clip of DJ Khaled, and that's why I, I, I thought Correct. that that's Since who's... he's the producer for it, he just yells his name on stuff? Well, I was just, I thought I was being clever, and I thought yeah. I actually had his music, but it wasn't. So you know what? It's kind of like Cartman on South Park. Screw you guys. I'm going home. So I basically, have... this is what he does. No. Yes, I'm the boss. Yes, that's, yeah. That's I, what he does. But, but I decided, you know what? You know what? I got a Super Bowl montage for you to get you hyped, but it doesn't have that music. We're going with Queen on this one. Oh. Yeah. So this. I thought you were going to play the uh, Patriots losing the Super Bowls montage. No, I'm not going to do that to okay. you. But we are going to talk about the Super Bowl in just a second. But listen. Come on, it's the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 54, the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. A few things that you can always expect during Super Bowl week. Lots of parties. The ultimate football weekend. Many of you will be hosting a Super Bowl party this weekend, and that means... That's going to be a touchdown. San Francisco, they'll be facing Kansas City in the Super Bowl in Miami. And it's time for the Super Bowl of football games, the Super Bowl. So let's celebrate it. I haven't worn clothes since we won the Super Bowl. Get lost. Daddy's trying to watch the ball game. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Was that a little bit better with the Queen music, guys? See, I was personally a bigger fan of the T-Pain one. (laughs) I like them both. I liked them both, too. But in order to get to the Super Bowl, you have to win your conference championship. And obviously, we know the Chiefs and the 49ers did that. However, ratings were down in the conference championships, which I found interesting, Scoop. I know that you did as well. And and I don't know. I mean, there's all sorts of theories as to why this might be. Could it have been, um, I mean, the smaller markets? I mean, what do you think? Well, I, I think that might be part of it. Uh, it's just curious. You'd think Packers 49ers would be just this huge marquee matchup. Ratings actually 3% lower than a year ago for the NFC championship game. Uh, 
The AFC matchup, Titans-Chiefs, 24% drop. You know yeah. why? Because the Patriots aren't Because there. the Patriots weren't there. Because a lot of people tune in to just hate on the Patriots, to root for them to lose. Well, all of... You uh, know I'm right. Correct. But all of the New England states were like, ah, football isn't even happening now. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really, I think that's a large part of it. And then those people who hate the Patriots... They just didn't show up to watch the game anyway. Or if, they watched the the other one, the 49ers and Packers. If you look at the landmass of the United States of America, and you look at the little pocket that actually loves the Patriots, it's right there. The rest of America is rooting against the Patriots. It's That's the okay. same thing that applies to Dallas. Agreed. They root in Dallas. They're sprinkled throughout. But the vast majority is rooting against Dallas. Those are the two most polarizing teams in the National Football League. You're not wrong. Same and, thing with the uh, Yankees and Red Sox, too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That just it just it moves the needle. Certain teams just move the needle. Certain players just move the needle. There's so many reasons it could have happened. I mean, in general, were the Chiefs a big deal? No, but Pat Mahomes is. You know, and two, think about it like this. Pat Mahomes is a guy you kind of like. Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy you kind of like. There's not a villain there. There's not a Bill Belichick. There's not a Tom Brady. Everybody's rooting for, over time, you've come to respect Andy Reid, and you want to see him with his big old mustache get a ring. You want to see him raise the Vince Lombardi trophy. If it was the Chiefs versus the Ravens, I think it would have gotten a better draw because people were all hyped about Lamar Jackson. And surprised they, they, wanted they didn't to, win. Correct. They I wanted would, to see the battle between Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I would agree with you there. I think that is part of that huge, I mean, a 24% drop from last year. That's, it's hard to get on board with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, and as much as I like what Derrick Henry does, I don't know that running the ball generates television ratings. I, I love that kind of football. I love that smash mouth stuff. Everybody wants the air attack now. Yeah, you're yeah, absolutely right. You know, people, I think it's really the peripheral fans that that make it or break it. You know, your peripheral fans, they like the air attack. They like to walk in and out of the kitchen and the TV room and then see a dazzling play. It generally, you know, Derrick Henry rolling over somebody like a tank isn't as dazzling. You can agree or disagree with us. You can have a totally different opinion or a viewpoint or maybe something that you've noticed. We'd love to hear from you at ESPNUR. Has an Instagram, a Twitter, and a Facebook page. Uh, we have a Facebook and a Twitter for at e, for ESPN Sportzilla. Facebook Live right now. Facebook Live right now. Tiff's holding that down. She's got a really great backpack. Kobe story for you in a little bit. On the way, we will get to our good friend Jack Perrin from Last Word on Sports. He's based out of Chicago to talk some NBA. That's happening in our next segment. He does appreciate the Lady Gaga pronunciation that I give for Lady Gaga. Oh, my God, I can't say it another way. And Mrs. Jack, too. Yeah, Mrs. Jack does, too. But that brings us to just a funny little a peripheral aspect of Super Bowl Sunday, the Super Bowl. And that's, real quick, the halftime show's. Rolling Stone put it out, the best and the worst, the top five best, the top five worst. And there was a big gap in the middle there, Scoop, where it was just for like 20 years, it was nonsense in the halftime show. Yeah, I mean, if you think back to the years 67 through 89, the early years of the Super Bowl, there wasn't a huge halftime show. They literally had Elvis impersonators, people like the Rockettes, the Radio City Music Hall Rockettes. Now, that's cool when you're at Radio City, 
And they used to be on TV all the time back in the 70s. But, like, okay, like, how captivating, compelling is that for a halftime show? You know what's funny? When I was a little rain boy in in the very first few Super Bowls, my great-grandmother used to watch me from time to time from my mom. If you had Lawrence Welk in the halftime show, she would have tuned in, and she didn't care about sports at all. Could you imagine that? Uh, yeah, I can. The bubble machine and all that. I'm uh, glad I, that never happened. I'm glad that never happened. But they Me had, too. <laughs> they had Carol Channing and, and George Burns in those years as part of the halftime festivities, which is just, it's become such a huge thing, a big show over the top. It's hard to imagine George Burns out there with his cigar doing, you know, one-liner jokes. So Rolling Stone ranked U2 in 2002 as the best ever. Prince in 2007 is the second best ever. That was one of my favorites. The Purple Rain during that with the rain and Peyton Manning, and it was down in South Florida. Yeah, I'd put that over U2. Beyonce in 2013. Was Personally, a I was a fan of the uh, Black Eyed Peas. Y- yeah, I'm, I know. I'm going to get there in a second. I was <laughs> you, you, you jumped in on me, and I was going to set you up and rip on you in a second. Thanks, glue guy. When we got to the worst ones in a second. Uh, Bruce Springsteen was in the top five. Aerosmith, Britney Spears, NSYNC, Nelly, and Mary J. Blige in 2001. Scoop loves the boss. We know that. But you dug that Aerosmith year. Yeah, it was just so weird to have NSYNC and Aerosmith and Britney Spears out there on stage at the same time. It was like a bad acid trip. I got I to be honest with you. It was unlike anything I would have ever dreamed up or expected. I, it was like just the biggest curveball. And... I was oddly, perversely fascinated by it. So the five worst, according to Rolling Stone, were, I'm going to go, I'm going to start at number five, okay? Uh, It was the Gloria Estefan, Gloria Estefan here with the Olympic figure skaters in 92. They had Dorothy Hamill, Brian Boitano, then Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, Tony Braxton, Tina Turner in 2000. They all played, they did this like deep cuts montage and they didn't select one hit song from any of those artists. New Kids on the Block rated one of the worst in 91. Uh, then there was those lost years of 67 to 89 that we mentioned. But the worst one ever featured Usher and Slash, and it was <laughs> the Glue Guy's favorite, 2011 with the Black Eyed Peas. Yep. I don't know why it was so ripped on. I think, But that makes you a contrarian. That makes you unique. You're one of the few, I suppose, or at least you disagree. Are you saying, are you saying I like trash? You, they, di- they you disagree s- with uh, Rolling Stone. Apparently. Rolling Stone says the Black Eyed Peas were worse than Carol Channing and George Burns. Think about Dear that. Dear God in heaven. What are the, what's going on in those offices over there? Give me a break. Rest assured. You're never going to have to see them do a halftime show ever again. That's not going to happen. I will say there were audio issues going on for that uh, performance. So they're not that good. That's that's probably what it stems from. The radio. There were a lot of technical now, issues. I remember. Yeah, no, I remember that now. You're bringing that back to me. Actually. So probably just people thought, oh, it was garbage. Matt, what's the uh, glue guy? What's the over-under? On. The, the game. Uh, I don't know. You don't know? The no. over-under on the anthem was, what, a minute 50 or something, something like, like that? that? Yeah, that's what I mean. Demi, I'll look it up. Demi Lovato, Star Spangled Banner. So I, and, and how anybody could ever do it better than Whitney Houston, I don't know. That was the best Super Bowl anthem ever. But I think Demi Lovato will do good. Wasn't Didn't she hit, what was it, in a UFC or something she did it for the other day? It was two uh, minutes. Over two minutes. It was over two minutes. We want to come in at about a minute 45. Nothing's ever going to be better than Whitney's, though I have to agree with you. Let's take a break. I'll probably have a few more comments on the Super Bowl. We'll ask 
Jack Perrin from Last Word on Sports about that. And then we're going to discuss the NBA for some pretty obvious reasons. The Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5. And one more pair of tickets going out right now to the CNY Sportsman Show, 315-768-1310. That's 315-768-1310. It's at the Callet Civic Center in Oneida this weekend. Call 315-768-1310 now. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Got to say thanks to our man Jordan producing things behind the scenes for the SportsZilla Show who has just been dropping some serious knowledge. Do you get any of those numbers that rattle still in the top of your head, glue guy? Uh, no, but I thought he said 156 is the over-under time. Is the over-under for the national anthem for Demi Lovato? He said uh, she just did one for UFC and it went over 211. Oh, yeah. She's going she's gonna to maybe set a record for the longest Super Bowl national anthem ever. Might put $20 on that. Yeah. There's a lot of prop bets. It's ridiculous. It's amazing. We've got a lot more to talk about as far as that's concerned over the next couple of days. We have Jack Perrin on the phone. You can see his face if you've subscribed to Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. You've got a picture of him out there. Approved. Glad to have him on here. We've been doing the SportsZilla show on Sundays from 11 to 1 for the better part of five years. And Jack, this has got to be the fourth year in a row, fourth or fifth year in a row, where he is. It's just an anniversary and a tradition that we have him on the week leading up to the Super Bowl. Even though he's really our NBA guy, he's well-versed in all sports. So, Jack, first of all, welcome. It's good to talk to you as we do this afternoon drive thing. Sounds good. Ratings were down for the conference championship scoop. You brought that to my attention. And obviously the Super Bowl is a ratings bonanza. But it was interesting to me that they were not as highly watched as you would have expected. It had been bouncing back, the ratings for NFL football, but then they got to conference championship weekend, and it went the other way, which I thought was interesting. I, I guess it just didn't resonate with uh, TV viewers like some of the other games have. Jack, why do you think that is? Yeah. You know, they always point to sort of matchups and, and uh, TV markets, et cetera. I'm not sure why, though, in this case, because to me, to be honest, you've got, I mean, you do have the Kansas City tendency. Maybe it's because they're two smaller markets. Um, you know, in, when it comes to ratings, you have to kind of separate the as a fan part to the other watchers because the fans are watching those games. So I, I think to where the markets come into play is where you have, uh, you have the casual viewer isn't that interested in Kansas City, Tennessee, although as a fan, an NFL fan, I'm hugely interested in it. And I, I think that maybe that's part of it. Um, the San Francisco, Green Bay, um, you know, that, again, I mean, San Francisco is a big market. So, I mean, I don't understand why they're not, you know, why, why brains were dropped. One thing I did think of was that, Maybe because the games were switched. Maybe for the games, the early game had been the late game, and the late game had been the early game, whether that would have helped ratings. I just wonder if that, that might have had something to do with it. Jack Perrin on the phone with us from last one on sports and the Sportsilla show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. So obviously you're a huge basketball fan. We usually talk to you to talk NBA, but we've had you on before. Uh, we did a three-way call with you and Tim Roy, who is uh, our friend from Central New York, who has been out for over a quarter of a century calling the games for the Golden State Warriors. And we had talked to him yesterday, Jack, and 
It, we we just it, there's there's games to be played on the schedule, and that's actually a saving grace because the NBA schedule waits for no one. That was one of the points that Tim said. It maybe it can let the players and the fans kind of just let everything sink in as far as uh, what happened with Kobe. And I wonder what your initial thoughts are on that. Well, I mean, I don't think there's a particular timetable. I mean, you know, Kobe seemed to have some very close relationships with a lot of the players. I mean, you could see just from their reactions, um, you know, even young players such as Trey Young, um, you know, were, I think, devastated because Gianna Bryant, that was her favorite player in the NBA. And, you know, Kobe had only been to three games, Laker games this year, and two of them were Atlanta. And, you know, one of which, you know, she was introduced to Trey Young. Um, so I, I don't know about, I mean, I, I agree with Tim Roy on the sense that there are games to be played, you know, when the game is going, I think that, you know, things get forgotten during that. They're professionals, um, they're competitive, um, but, you know, you never know afterwards how they're going to feel. You know, clearly fans are extremely, you know, affected by it, especially if Kobe was their favorite fan or their Laker fan, et cetera. So, no, I don't know how it'll all play out. I, I don't think it's going to be easily forgotten, though. I really don't think so. Jack, as a Chicago Bulls fan and obviously someone who idolized Michael Jordan, how did you feel about Kobe Bryant as a player? And obviously, how did you feel about hearing how he passed away? Well, I mean, it was absolutely shocking. I mean, I, you know, it's one of the, it's definitely one of those where you remember where you were when you heard about it. And I was actually uh, sitting on my couch in my living room when the, the notice came across and you know, it was almost surreal in a sense when it came across, and I actually, you know, told my son, my wife about it, and, um, you know, my son, of course, the first thing he said was, like, no way, there's no way, you know, you're messing with me, and I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, and this is, you know, so, um, you know, but as far as feeling for Kobe, I mean, I remember, you know, we've been doing this for several years now, and I was open about that I wasn't always the biggest Kobe fan. I certainly would never have said he was not one of the greatest players ever. I just... Sometimes, you know, especially as a Michael Jordan fan, you've got your rivalries, et cetera. But I, I do remember, and I, I was thinking back to some of our discussions with Kobe, in particular when he retired, um, I, I remember saying that, you know, I will miss Kobe because of the fact that there was that rivalry and the fact that, you know, I, I didn't like him, not as, you know, not as a person, but as a player. And as you remember, as a fan, when you say as a player, that's because he hits daggers and he crushes your team. And, you know, that's where fan feelings come into play. And I said, you know, I remember saying I'm going to miss Kobe because of that. You know, even just that rivalry of, of playing and, you know, seeing him in big games. And, um, you know, I, I was – I mean, I was devastated by the particular crash because, you know, it touched – it's a tragedy on so many levels. I mean, you can talk about Kobe all day. And that doesn't diminish how much of a tragedy it is for a 41-year-old. You know, he hasn't even made the Hall of Fame. That clearly will. But, you know, he hadn't even been out long enough to, to qualify. And um, and then, uh, you know, but then there's three 13-year-old girls on it. You know, his daughter. You know, Kobe was a husband and a father, and he was coaching the team, you know, with his daughter. I saw some – I actually watched some footage of uh, Gianna uh, Bryant and – She's doing fadeaways as if she's, you know, she was 13. She's doing fadeaways as if she's in college. I mean, yep. it was astounding. And, and I, I, I've got to think, I don't know much about the other two girls who, who passed away on that, you know, on that flight. But, you know, I imagine that's a pretty good team. And I bet there were pretty good players in and of themselves. So they missed out on their high school career, being with friends, 
college, maybe, you know, one or two or all three go into the pros. I mean, they missed out on entire careers, not to mention everything else that goes along with it, such as creating families and having children and, you know, grandkids that, you know, will not, you know, Gianna will not be able to present to the Kobe family or to the Bryant family. Um, there's that. There's the other, I mean, the Altabelli family, you know, a father, a mother, and a 13-year-old daughter died, and they left a sister and a brother. You know, I mean, that's a tragedy also in and of itself. Then you get into the other mother. Um, I think her name was uh, Sarah Payton, or I think Sarah and then Peyton. Um, you know, they left, I think, just two siblings and a husband. Um, then you there's a, a coach who, who passed away on it. And then, of course, the pilot. Um, you know, each individual person has family and others, and it's just – I think that you just keep adding it up, and it just there's just no angle that is not a tragedy. With Jack Perrin, our NBA go-to guy here, the Sports Illust Show, ESPN Radio, Syracuse, ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one. Jack, I want to ask you about this groundswell, this conversation that has arisen in the wake of Kobe's death, to have him maybe be the new NBA logo in replacing Jerry West. Now I'll preface your remarks with my thoughts by saying, I I love Kobe. Uh, He's an icon. um, And I understand the argument for this, but I don't know how you make Kobe the logo and not make Michael Jordan the logo. If I, if I'm being honest, we got about 60 seconds to a break, Jack. Last word on this is yours. Go ahead. Uh, Absolutely. So, I, I put some thought into this as well. Um, you know, I think they had a hard time being able to replace Jerry West because who do you replace him with if you're going to do it? Is it going to be Wilt Chamberlain? Is it going to be Michael Jordan? Would it be Kobe Bryant? Would Bill it be Russell. LeBron James, Magic Johnson? Um, there's so many players it could be, and I think that was the problem. I think the, the opportunity here is presenting itself because of the fact that he tragically passed away. So if, if there was any situation to choose another player, um, this would be it. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I, I don't have any, you know, um, uh, feeling that we have to keep the Jerry West logo forever, but I would have had a problem had it, you know, absent the tragedy, deciding which player it would be. And I think every every player has their own fan base that would say, well, it should be Magic Johnson, it should be Larry Bird. You know, um, there's so many players that you could put into that, um, you know, that category. But here you actually have a tragedy. So it, it makes sense from that standpoint from my point of view. Jack, we're going to reach out and we're going to do this again real soon. It's been a couple months longer than it should have been, so we look forward to talking again very soon. As always, thanks for the contributions. You know, there is also the conversation of retiring 8 and 24, or players doing that almost independently without an official proclamation from the league. The Mavericks retired 24, uh, kind of using a little bit of numerology in some ways as well. Some players are making some combinations to things like that in tribute. Imagine if all the All-Stars wore 8s and 24s, and then you took those jerseys and auctioned them off for charity. Fantastic idea. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Thumbs up, Scoop. 
Catch Comets Insiders 6 to 7 Tuesdays with Rain and Scoop. Typically, we're joined by a player or coach, play-by-play voice Joe Roberts, and occasionally PA announcer Tom Coyne and Corey Hergott from Canucks Army. We'll look back at the previous week's games and preview what's to come. Don't forget, you can catch the podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, or catch the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. 96.5 ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. CentralNewYorkHelpWanted.com salutes the employee of the month. The one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. Uh, hey Dave, why is the other Dave chopping down a tree out front? Well, Mr. Employee of the Month, you said you needed some set. I said I needed that report ASAP as in right away. Oh, so what does that have to do with the tree? Oh boy. We believe local businesses should be packed with more local employees of the month and fewer Daves. We make it easy to post a job, and it's local so you won't get spammed by faraway job seekers. CentralNewYorkHelpWanted.com. Local jobs that work. Dean Henderson wrote an epic about the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. Men who designed dynasties, always thinking ahead, always thinking about the family fortunes. Here at Mannion and Copani, we applaud that kind of thinking. Because we've seen too much of not thinking ahead, not thinking about their family's fortunes. There's a beautiful Victorian home in Cicero built in 1930 by industrious grandparents. That home was lost to long-term care. A grand Georgian home in Manlius with magnificent manicured grounds. Lost to long-term care. And it doesn't have to be that way. Today, a family trust is a must. I'm Terry. I'm Tony. We've saved many family fortunes. A quick call can solve it all. 478-3500. Good morning, Manion and Kapani. I'm Jackie. Yes, Syracuse. Right here at 224 Harrison Street, Suite 306. Yes, MedicaidLaw.net. You're welcome. Don't miss SU Men's Basketball in action as the Orange take on the University of Miami Hurricanes Saturday, March 7th in Miami. You could be courtside with the Nye Auto Flyaway Giveaway. One lucky winner and a guest will win round-trip airfare, a double-occupancy hotel room, two tickets to SU versus Miami, and a basketball signed by SU head coach Jim Beheim. Enter to win today at nyauto.com slash miamigiveaway.htm. No purchase necessary. Enter to win today. Kevin Fear from Mattress Express. And, you know, sometimes when we do a promotion, it goes so well. It's in such demand. People like it so much that we hold it over. And that is what we are doing with the luxury bed promotion, luxury gift giveaway. Right now, when you buy select luxury mattresses at Mattress Express, you will not only get five years, no interest, no money down, or $500 off. On King and Queen, you will receive a free adjustable base, and you will receive a free luxury gift an iPhone 10 or a Galaxy S for your carrier. Names like the number bed by Instant Comfort, the bed that changes with you, Posh and Lavish, Velika. And do not forget, we have probably the largest selection of flex head beds in New York State where each head goes up and down independently, but it's still one mattress. They are couple friendly before you buy anywhere shop mattress express mattress express ny.com hunters fishermen and outdoor enthusiasts the central new york sportsman show is coming to the Khaled civic center in oneida this saturday the show features outdoor businesses and clubs free seminars and mount displays meet outdoor artists and authors for book signings and get any north american game rack scored watch chainsaw artist beach wayland at work meet the salerno brothers and adirondack trackers jim massett and joe Donito. prizes for 
for the biggest unscored buck and the naming of the sportsman of the year. Enter to win big prizes and kids see live animals, the Utica Zoo, and birds of prey. Catch fish in the trout pond. The Central New York Sportsman Show. Everything for the outdoorsman under one roof. Adults just six bucks, under 12 free. The Central New York Sportsman Show. This Saturday from 9 till 4 at the Callet Civic Center, Main Street, Oneida. Sponsored by Mid-York Chimney and Stove. Affordable storage, Planet Fitness in Oneida, Child Health Associates, Vanderhoof Custom Cabinets, Clean Environment Radon Mitigation, Nye Automotive, Performance Premixes, Michael J. LaCello, Attorney at Law, and Maciag Masonry. The new ESPN Radio 96.5 FM. It's the SportsZilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, and 96.5 FM ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. And Tiffany here with us, who loves the NBA, loves basketball, and am I to understand that growing up, you essentially had almost like a favorite player every other week and a favorite team. So whoever was hot would kind of grab your eye, and that's how it worked for you? Yeah, it wasn't necessarily who was hot, but it was like who said what after the postgame interview or who who was the most human player that I could find Okay, who really showed their emotions, really um, just let it all hang out on the court and – because I was when I played, I was a very emotional player, so I liked emotion in the game. So I was a really big Ben Wallace fan, Rasheed Wallace fan, and they at the time they had played for the Denver Pistons or the Detroit Pistons. Sorry. Um. So my mom said to me, "I really want an NBA book bag," and my mom said to me, "I will get you one, but you're going to change your team. So what is the point?" And I was like, "I promise, I'll pick a team that I won't, I won't hate." And she was like, yeah, okay. So I hemmed and hawed for weeks and weeks, and then it was like a month before school started, and I was like, Mom, I need to get one. She was like, I'm not buying you one until you decide on a team. So I was like, okay. So I sat down, and I had like three teams. I don't remember the teams now. But um, long story short, I ended up deciding to get a Lakers book bag because Kobe was the most human player that I could think of. He was a great guy, and may he rest in peace. And we can see that in the ESPN Sportsilla Twitter feed right now, actually. The backpack. The actual backpack. That's awesome. I'm glad that you kept the backpack and you still have it and that you had a picture on hand. We're going to get out of here. See you tomorrow at 5 o'clock until 6 with Sean Coffey from Utica College, their basketball coach, the Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. Also seeing why Sportsman Show tickets now. Call 315-768-1310 now.